It's time to seriously talk about being single. Hello everyone and welcome to Seriously Single. I'm your host Brianne Hogan and I'm single and I've been single for most of my adult life. And guess what? I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Enough with the shame, sadness, and stigma. Let's claim and celebrate our single badass selves. Seriously Single is a show that dives into everything that's amazing about being single and even the things that aren't that amazing about being single. From dating to sex to finances to living alone, traveling solo to having your parents be your case of emergency to everything in between, we're going to get into it. So let's go. It's time to seriously talk about being single. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Single. I'm your host, Brianne Hogan, the dating and relationships writer who is seriously single. But hey, it's a new year. Maybe that won't be the case. I I have been thinking about my 2024 intentions. And I mean, I'm someone who believes that everything is timing and God laughs when you try to make plans like that type of thing. So So yeah, so like I have my plans and my goals and my intentions for my personal life. And then I'm also of the mind of like, I have to just trust and believe that whatever is meant for me will come to me and it will be in alignment and the timing will be right, yada, yada. And then yet I also have the mind that you need to take action. And if you want something in life, anything in life, you have to do something about it. You know, like we may not know the outcome of our actions, but we'll never know if we don't try. You can't win the lottery without buying a ticket. So that's how I feel about my love life this year, where I think I kind of sat on the sidelines for a while. There was stuff with my ex and anyway, things that I've mentioned before on the podcast that I feel free from and I do feel this new energy so I'm looking at my personal life differently and I'm looking at tackling it differently although I don't love the verb tackle because that seems very aggressive Um, maybe approaching it differently being more open to new possibilities of of anything and everything you know whether that's dating a different type of person going about dating a different way Heck, I was even just talking to one of my best friends last night about going on a dating app, which is huge. And today's guest will think that's huge for me considering the conversation we have in today's episode because I said to her, I hate dating apps and I won't go on one. And I'm kind of still thinking that. I I don't really love them. I haven't been on a dating app in like 10 years And I don't even think I was on an app. It was a website. I was doing like Match.com or eHarmony or some shit like that. It's not really my jam. Every person, every man that I've been involved with has been someone I've met organically, whether that's through like an activity or a workplace or reconnecting with an ex or an old friend or whatever. So I haven't met anybody that I've seriously been involved with or dated through an app or website ever. I've had a few first dates that went absolutely nowhere. One huge disastrous date, which was like so scarring. But anyway, so it's just not my thing. I've never felt like it's my jam, never felt it was organic. 
But, but, for whatever reason, I've had this little ping, this little intuitive hit, maybe, I don't know, that is saying, maybe give it a try, maybe, maybe, maybe. So I don't know. So it's 2024, as I said, if you're like me, maybe you're also getting pings about how to handle your dating life differently this year, how you're going to approach it with a different mindset, one that's more empowering, one that's more positive, one that's more loving, so you can eventually meet the love of your life or someone that's fun and someone that just makes you feel good because as I talk about in this episode, we don't always have to date for an outcome. Like it doesn't always have to go somewhere for it to be successful or for it to be meaningful because every connection that we make in life I think is there to teach us something about ourselves and even if it's just to have fun, even if it's just to have like a friends with benefits moment, as long as no one's getting hurt, as long as it's just all in the up and up and and people are just really enjoying each other's company and just all in and you know, it's healthy as it can be, that's great. Like I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, if you're like me and you're just like, "Okay, so we're doing things differently, we're having a different mindset. Let's go. Let's go all in on love." go all in on dating let's go all in on just doing things totally different when it comes to our love lives this year then this is the episode for you and our guest is the perfect person for it i'm speaking to a friend today and also a dating coach her name is stacy perry and stacy is on a mission to help women find love without all the unnecessary drama and bs little bit about Stacy's background which I find super like fascinating and I think will resonate with a lot of people at 40 she found herself single again and she found herself wanting to love and be loved and so she decided that she was going to go all in on dating which she did for four years 475 dates later she did find the love of her life and she's been married to him for eight years now. And so the wisdom that Stacy gleaned from her dating experience, I mean, that's like a lot of dates, which makes me so like anxious just thinking about it. But anyway, with all the stuff that she learned and all the mind hacks that she learned, she became a certified life coach. And now she's a relationships and dating coach. And so now her whole thing is about helping you to solve anything that's holding you back from finding your dream relationship. So we get into all of that. We get into Stacy's story. We get into her tips about how to find guys and, and how to be more confident as you get older, what it's like to date after 40, and really what's the key to, to approaching dating in a really healthy and mindful way. And that really comes back to self-love and really loving the life that you're creating right now as a single person and letting that other person just be the cherry on top of the sundae. But that doesn't mean we can't want the cherry and really want to like eat that cherry. (laughs) So anyway, I love this episode. It was really motivating and inspiring for me as I rethink my dating life. And I know that it will help you get into that right mindset about, okay, this is the year I'm going to go all in on love and this is how you're going to do it. So here we go. Welcome to Seriously Single. I'm so glad to have you here today. 
I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I love it. It made me like literally laugh out loud. I cried. Like, I think it's not the trailer, but the one like I'm single and I'm 41. I think that might be your one. Like at the end I was like, but like I had laughed out loud during it. Like it was, it's your so relatable and so honest and just wide open. And it is like, just so great to listen to Aww. and to have, I'm like, I'm going to share it with all my people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Stacy and I, we've previously worked together. She was on my other podcast mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so so great to have you back and we can go deeper into the work that you do and dating. So the first question that I I ask every guest is um I know the answer but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you are you single right now? <laughs> I am not single. I dated from 40 to 44, 475 dates, like 3 dates a week and uh met my husband when I was 44 and have been married and this is so funny like I never remember and he remembers and we've been together for like seven or eight years I'm not exactly sure wow 44 and I'm 51 now so somebody do the math wow <laughs> okay okay so that's great to hear I think um I that's why I wanted you back to talk on this this particular podcast because your mm-hmm. story I think will resonate with a lot of people especially women in their 40s I mean, I'm 40. I just turned 40. Well, I just last year, I'm turning 41 soon. Um, 40 was the best year. People ask me, honestly, and I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't know really what to expect from 40. And then the other day, someone asked me what was my favorite year I've had. And I was like, 40. Like, 40's been my favorite year, hands down. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. So I love it. Give me like top, what are some of the reasons why? I think it's because it has a lot to do with the with the themes connected to this podcast. One, uh-huh. um, I cleaned up a lot of energy leaks from a previous situationship that I had mm-hmm. from my ex, who was like the mm-hmm. first love of my life, who was in and out of my life for five years, the last five years, ended that. Um, not an easy decision, Mm-mm. but a healthy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and one that I feel um, very at peace at. And I never thought I would come to that spot in my life. I never thought I would come to a spot where I could be like, I can let this person go. I never thought, I never thought it. So that was, yeah, it was huge for me. Um, uh, being open to new men was huge for me. I'm welcoming new men into my world. And just, even if like, I'm not in a relationship now, I wasn't in a relationship. I'm just saying like seeing people being open to new guys, like having them pursue me and flirt with Mm -hmm. me that like really opened me up to just, I don't know, a new side of me. Cause I, I wasn't doing that. I was too involved with this other guy. <laughs> um, and I went to France and I wrote a, went to, I wrote a book proposal and um, yeah. I started this podcast. So I just feel like yeah. there's just so many possibilities and opportunities at any age. So when women feel so confined to their age, I'm like, no, don't feel that way. <laughs> It's we put ourselves in that cage. I mean, society definitely puts pressure on us and stuff like that. Like that is real. The pressure about aging and women and beauty and like our roles, like that is all real. Uh, But like not letting it lock you in doing what you want. You know, it's so funny. This is so random and it's not like, but like you're saying like, oh, I let myself flirt. Like I'm happily married. I love flirting. (laughs) old people old men cute men like women everything I think flirting is like um 
humanitarian work. It's just fun. It's like playfulness to like make everybody's day better. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm getting, I'm getting more into it. So we can talk a little bit about flirting Yeah. because I'm, yeah. I don't actually think I'm a good flirt because I think you are. I think flirting is just being engaged. Okay. Playful. Yeah. I think, okay. So, okay. Okay. That is true. I will give you that because I am a very playful person and I liked, but I do a lot of like teasing. I know mm-hmm. I noticed this the other day about me um, with this, this guy that I work with and I'm like, I tease him a lot. Like I'm like ribbing him all the time to the point where he's gotten like even a little upset oh. at me. <laughs> fourth, fourth grade flirting. Yeah, exactly. Like I, <laughs> Like I'm the kid in the sandbox, like, you know, pulling on their hair and stuff. Like that's me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's flirting. (laughs) But it's flirting. Yeah. Like it's four-year-old flirting at 40 years old. But (laughs) But that's fun too sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so I was like, okay, Brianne, like that's, but that's one type of flirting, which I think I'm more comfortable with because it's Uh more like, it's kind of playful, but there's still distance. I'm not fully like feminine, like, let me touch you. Let me be a little uh-huh. bit more sensual with you. I'm, I, I have to work myself up to that. I'm not, that's very hard for me to do. And that, I would even say that's interesting because I think like in some ways what I hear from you and I might get it wrong, like that's like a better level of flirting. But what if flirting is just like, there's this big pool of it and so many different options, like a writer, there's humor writers, there's sexual writers, there's all, there's different types of writing. It's like it's some, they're, you might be in the mood for different things right. at different times. Like one's not necessarily better than the other. There are you in your toolbox of flirting. There are like a thousand crayons, you know, or like, you know, you, there's all different ways. It, like it is interesting. Like it, it's not better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for saying that because I do feel like I'm like, Oh, I'm not that woman, you know, that seductress who's yeah. like, Ooh, and just like, you know, just has that energy that like, I don't know, like Angelina Jolie kind of like, you, yeah. you know, energy. And I'm like, I, I'm not like, I'm like, I mean, it's not that I'm not sensual or sexual, but I'm not like that, you know? And so I, it's a comparison thing, which we all do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, this is a bigger topic, but like, I think like some of the messaging around femininity to women is kind of like, you need to be different to be mm. loved or you need to be like, this is the right way to flirt feminine. The right way to be in a relationship is feminine. Mm. I'm going to tell you listeners, like I am bossy. My husband and I are like part of our spark is we both like to be in control. And it's like, who's at who's at 49, (laughs) who's at 51. Like, and I have an opinion and I'm independent Mm. and all the things I am not like Angelina Jolie, or like whatever you say, which actually I think she's probably a bit pretty bossy too. But. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, I think we get some messaging about the feminine and masculine yeah. that may serve some people, but I really don't think it serves everybody because I'm like, when I was single, that really messed with my head. I'm like, oh, I'm not feminine enough. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be one of those like subservient, yes, sexy secretaries and like, I'm bossy and like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And is that why I'm single? Right. Yeah. But, it's, but like not every, and also not everybody wants that too. So it's, I think, I think that can mess. I think the whole femininity, I'm putting that in quotes yeah. is, uh, and feminine energy can mess with some of our minds depending on like how you roll. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And I, I think that's true. So going back to what you just mentioned about you being single. Yeah. So you were single in your forties and 
you got, you found your guy in your forties. Yeah, I was right before my 40th birthday. I was in a relationship. I think we were in a relationship for like three years. And then we broke up right before my 40th birthday. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Like I want my partner. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going all in. If it takes me till I'm 86, (laughs) I'm going to do this. And that was my mindset. And I'd never done online dating before. And I totally went into the online dating world. And I got set up and I met people in real life too, which we'll talk about that restaurant dating. Super pro. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, like my, I was my husband's first online date and he was like my 475th. Probably not for, I went on 475 dates. Not all of them were new. So probably like I went on a lot of second, third and I dated a couple guys for a couple of months. So yeah. Yeah. You get the picture. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of dates, but, is, yeah. but isn't that funny how like his first one was you and he bam done. And then you, yeah. and you had to go through all the other ones to find him. <laughs> yeah. And at first I'm like, Oh, that sucks. But he was going through a divorce mm. and I was kissing guys on bar stools. So I think I kind of won. Yeah. 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 Fair, fair. So what was it about dating then that was different? I think compared to how you dated before. Before, I think, like, before, I just thought the world would make it happen for me. Right. And that it was meant to happen, and it would happen, and I never, like, focused on it. I had boyfriends. I met people and stuff like that. And then at 40, I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this out for myself. Like, I'm going to do this super. And I say intentionally, but I have to say it wasn't. Like, I was, like, intentionally throwing spaghetti at the wall, if that could be a combo. Like, I didn't know. Like, I was just, yeah. I'm going to go online dating. I'm just going to, like, yeah. date a bunch of people and figure it out. I kind of probably had the numbers game <laughs> mentality. And through that, like, learned that I had more grit than I ha- knew I had, learned that I had more resilience than I thought I had. Um but I can't say it was like super unintentional. And before that, it was just kind of like the mindset of, oh, this happens. Like mm-hmm. you you go to high school, you go to college, and you meet someone and you get married and you have a family. Right. Yeah. Like it just like I'm like, that happens. That's the way if the universe is right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if all like that should happen for me. Right. That I shouldn't have to work for it. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. I think that's what kept me single. Well, not that oh, only that thing, but I think yeah. that whole, like, it's kind of like a Disney fantasy kind of. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you'll just, you'll just meet Prince Charming. He'll just come to you. Like, no, be part of your world. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get. And that. there's nothing really else in life that we think that way. Like you have to go look for a job, right? You, right. Like you got, right. if you want a chiseled bicep, you got to go lift a weight, right? If you want to write a book, you got to have a, a writing regimen yeah. where you sit down and write every day, like yeah. But with dating and love, it should just like magically fall out of the sky into our lap, or else the world is all screwed up. I think for me though, and we we talked about this in the other podcast episode, yeah. but I don't like online dating, so we can kind of talk about that because yeah. I don't like the fact. Um, it just feels really artificial to me. It feels like I have to actually invest a lot of time and energy into this thing, this app Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I, that's to me seems like a time suck. I mean, not the intentionality behind finding a partner, like that is something, but it's like 
me going through this app, me like, you know, most of these guys probably not going to work out. Like, it's just, I just like, I couldn't be bothered to do it. And I still haven't. Mm -hmm. I've met guys, but this year, not on an app in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think is fair to say, because I think a lot of people now, especially have to, they think they have to go on, on the app. They think they have to, that's the only way to meet people. And I think we're conditioned now to think that way, which is funny because 20 years ago it was the opposite. But now I feel like we think, okay, if you want to meet someone, you go on the app. All my friends go on apps, but, and I, and I tell them, well, you can for sure. Obviously that works for some people, but I also think like in my case, I've just, I go out, I try new things, hobbies, workplaces, and I just end up meeting guys. Yeah. That's working for you. So it's like, that's the tool you like to use. It's, I mean, this is super random, but I'm thinking like, if you like to like, like, it's just, they're all tools. They're all like avenues. And if it's working for you, but if you're like, I don't like to use the apps and I can't meet somebody anywhere else, I'd be like, oh, like maybe you should try something. Like 37% of people meet people on there. But like, if you're out there and adventuresome, and I even from like listening to your, your podcast on going out to dinner by yourself, like a lot of people won't do that. Yeah. And like, I have a bunch of friends when I was single and I'd want to go out with a group of friends and I didn't want to concentrate on meeting people when I was out. I wanted to concentrate and yeah. have fun with my friends. Right. And so the apps was like a container for me that just felt like, okay, I can concentrate on this when I want to. And then I can just be out with my friends and living my life when I want to. So for me, I loved it. And like the thought of, like again, intentionally or going out with that. I, and I did go out. Should we talk about restaurants right now? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, when I was in my thirties, I would never gone to a restaurant by myself mm-hmm. because my mind would have thought, what if I run into someone I know and they're going to be like, Oh, why is she by herself? Couldn't she find someone to go out with? Doesn't she have any friends? I would be worried about mm-hmm. their judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think around when I was 40, I became friends with a friend who had moved to San Francisco and she was in sales for finance. And so like around two, the markets closed, whatever. So she'd always like take a a client out or go by herself and like do some work and sit at the bar and like have a late lunch and have a cocktail. And then like she, she lived close to me and I would meet her up. And then I was like, it was like, oh my gosh, we can do this. (laughs) Just go out by ourselves. And then I just it just took away the stigma for me, which mm. I had created for myself in my head. And like now I'm happily married. I have tons of friends and I will go out by myself all the time. I, and I'm a hundred percent on like agreement with you. Like sit at the bar. I like to sit at the bar with my husband. I, like, I think people should sit at bars on dates. Yes, me too. too. Me too. So you're not like steering across yeah, the, yeah. Room, the table from each other. And again, everything you said about why you should sit at the bar by yourself I think it's why you should sit at a bar to date. You can talk to other people around you and see how you interact, but also it just takes the pressure off the two of you. Talk to the bartender, takes the pressure off yeah. you. See how each other interacts and it's playfulness and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love sitting at the bar with the date. It is nice. It's more, it's yeah. fun. There is yeah. there is more engagement. There is less like pressure of like, oh, we have to keep this conversation going. Um, yeah. But it's also just more fun. You're sitting side by side. And I've also he- yeah. heard that men are more open when they're sitting side by side rather than face to face. I've read that before. Like they're more, they're more willing to open up because they're not, they don't feel so, I guess, intimate. I don't know. 
That's what I've read before. I, and I've even heard that like with kids, like if you have them in the car, I think it's not the staring like eye to eye across the table. It's like it lets some of the pressure yeah. off. Like I know so many, like, I think there's studies with, and I've heard from my friends too, like when they're in the back of the car and in front of the car, they'll just kind of like talk easier. Right. Like, and even like going on a walk together where you're just like facing forward and walking together, yeah. it takes some of the like, you know, like if you're not talking for three seconds, you're both looking out, that feels less awkward than staring at each other or looking away from each other. I just think it takes some of the, intensity yeah. or pressure off. I think so. I think so. No. For sure. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the episode uh, Stacy's referring to my solo episode that I talked about like my tips on how to go out and eat alone, dining alone, one of my favorite things to do. And I know, as you said, not a lot of people like to do it, but I mean, I, I think my tips were pretty reasonable and I met somebody and I talked about that in the episode. We nothing, mm-hmm. nothing really happened from that, but it was just mm-hmm. a sign uh, to show me and other people that, you know, you do stuff like that, you can meet someone. So you never know. Yeah. I think I met three, I, I, what I would do, um, very intentionally, I guess I didn't do everything unintentionally dating, but like I, there was, I live in San Francisco and there is like a, a brewery in Marin, which there is a, like a ferry that comes off. And then people go there like after. So I would sit at a brewery because men like beer Mm. and I would sit there and do my work and I'd be in my cute little like Um, black worksheet and I would be on my computer and I'd be doing work and, and, but I'd be open and I'd be like, you know, look around and do things because you're talking about the woman with the book. And I met three people there over time and I was getting work done and and I always feel like do something else too, like have it be useful for for you too. But I dated for four years, but for a year and a half of that, the end year and a half, I had a lover or friends with benefits and I met him there. Ah, me up there. there you go. So yeah. go to a brewery, <laughs> <laughs> go to brewery, go some sports games where the dudes go. Yeah, My yeah, dad yeah. would say if you're hunting elk, go where the elk are. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. So, so, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but I feel like it's yeah. true. So, okay, when you were, okay, so you're dating in your 40s, mm-hmm. you finally can like eat alone, do that kind of thing alone. Mm-hmm. What other things were you able to embrace about being in your 40s and dating? That's a good question. Like about dating or just like loving my life? Like, I mean, I think they're probably related. Okay. I think like, I think I was really good at living my life. I had I have a big group of friends. Like I do trips. Like I, and it's interesting because listening to you, you're more I would say like a gregarious introvert. Mm-hmm. I think I got. I think in my forties, I think it's almost as a person. I think it's all the experience combined. I'm really good at um, enjoying my own company. Mm-hmm. My husband's been gone for the last week. He's on a fishing trip. I love it when he's gone. Like I love having the house to myself. I love puttering. I love doing whatever I want to do when I want to do it and seeing my friends when I want all the things. Yeah. So I think specifically, like I think I was good. I think I got better. What I went into the forties. I, I feel like I'm, my brain's going a bunch of different ways with this question. With dating in my 40s, the things I think I learned, like I, it was nice, like I learned 
very early on, I would just be like, at first I try to go on three dates with everybody if I had any question. And then I just realized I'm like, I don't need that. Mm. I can go on one date and I'll know. Mm. And I got really good at saying um, to them, like, thank you. You know, thank you. I had a great time. No, thank you for a second date. And I remember the first time I did that, cause I'm like, how do I want to be treated this? You know, and ghosting is the word now. And it wasn't a word yeah. when I was dating yeah. or maybe it was, I don't even know. But, um, treating you they're humans and treating them like uh, treating other humans like i may not want to date this person i may not like them i might not have enjoyed my company with them most people i enjoy their company with they just want my person but to like treat them like a a a human with feelings and just be like hey great time with you but you're not my you know i didn't feel the chemistry i was looking for and i remember the first time somebody's like thank you so much thanks for just telling me Mm. i was like oh my gosh look at i'm a 40 year old adult and i don't have to like Oh, I didn't like you either. Yeah. And I had a couple of those, but most people were just like gorgeous, amazing humans that weren't my human. Right. And I think that was like a realization, like there's just a lot of nice people in this world and they're just not the people that I want right. to wake up to in the morning with or go to bed or go to dinner with every night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned before we started recording about you kind of relating to me and my other episodes I talked about, like finding my self-worth yeah. and realizing that that was a big stumbling block for me in terms mm-hmm. of like, well, saying no to an ex who kept coming back, like for example, and keeping myself yeah. stuck in situation and a situation shift that wasn't uh, serving me. So was yeah. that part of it too? Like, were you just kind of more in your self-worth? Like you knew what you deserved. And that was one of the lessons I got too. So in my, when I first started dating, one of the first guys I dated, I dated him for three months and he was like, Oh, I'm not sure. And you're great. And we would go out. He would take me out to gorgeous dinners twice a week. He would make me dinner. Mm -hmm. Like he was this lovely person, but he's like, I'm just not sure what I want. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want a relationship. And then finally, after three months, I was like, okay, you're a gorgeous human being. Uh, Actually, I wouldn't say that much about him. <laughs> but like more that that specific three month relationship taught me like I deserve someone who's head over heels for me. That's like jumping to be with me. Yeah. And I'm not like that specific one was like, OK, that doesn't work for me. If you don't know if you want to be in a relationship and if you do want to be in a relationship, but you don't want to be with me. Bye-bye. Like, that was definitely a – it's weird. It's, like, almost a self-esteem worthy builder. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, I was, I was, like, okay, hold on. I deserve better than this. I'm not putting up with this. He doesn't have to be super bad, but I don't think he's super good either. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that was a huge lesson for me that I'm so glad I got early on right. in that four-year online dating experience. Because you were really clear as to what you wanted, ultimately. I wanted a relationship. And it and for me, I was confused in the beginning because I had never dated anybody who wanted to spend that much time with me mm. but didn't run a relationship with me. So I was just like, it, it didn't – it's like, you know, I couldn't even see it right. because I had never had that experience before. I'm like, I had never had anybody that wanted to see me two times a week. Yeah. And – thought it was great, 
but didn't want to have a relationship with me committed. Welcome to the world of situationships that I think, I think that was my first one. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, and, and, and that was so many years ago, but now from what I read and from what I hear from just my friends, that's Mm -hmm. a very normal situation Mm -hmm. that people find themselves in, Mm -hmm. in the dating space where they like each other. They're spending a lot of time together. And this was my, this was my circumstance as Mm -hmm. well. Um, I mean, I had a history with my ex. We were first each other's first loves for crying out loud. We had a mm-hmm. we had a serious history. Still no commitment. It was like, I can spend all this time with you. I want to talk to you. I care about you. I'm sleeping with mm-hmm. you. But I don't want to be with you long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like such a common thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you got to know what you want. So yeah, that is it. Know what you want. And don't get angry at the person because they don't want the same thing yeah. you want. And they're not wrong for that. They just want different things. But I think like be so clear on what you want. Yeah. So when that happens, you're like, okay. And I have, I have like a tool I use with my clients called the high five relationship. And like one of it is like, do they want the same thing as you? Do they want the same time of relationship? Do they want kids? Do they want to handle finances like you do? All those things. Because, and if that's not there, that's just such a huge piece. Like, love does not conquer all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sex does not conquer all. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm curious though. Okay. Because you mentioned you had a friends with benefits while you were doing yeah. this dating thing, which is fine. Fu- yeah. Which is fine. So you knew what you wanted, like overall. Yeah. But how did you? kind of put that aside and be like, well, this guy's just, we're just sleeping together. How did, how did you like do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we dated and in the beginning he was a potential, he was younger than me. He was like 10 years younger than me. Right. And, uh, we dated for a little bit and then he was so unemotionally available. I'm all, "Mm -mm, this doesn't work for me. So I was just like, but hot, hot, I could be cruder than that too You're right. if anybody wants it. Holy <laughs> bejesus. And we would go out to dinner once or twice a month and then have hot sex and then that was it. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, a girl has knees. I, I, and yeah. it was nice because it was someone – It was it, for me, I liked it too. It was a new experience for me. I hadn't had that before. And for me, I liked it because like we liked each yeah, other right. and we got along and, and we – would spend the evening together. And then that was it. I did have probably a little bit of, we six months into it, he asked me to be his girlfriend (laughs) and we dated for like one week exclusively. (laughs) And then I was just like, Oh brother, you have let me into like your wrist and I need you to let me up into your, like your shoulder as far as like Mm -hmm. emotional. Mm -hmm. And he just couldn't do it. And I was just honest with him. I'm like, I, want to keep seeing you, but I am not putting my eggs in your basket. Right. Okay. And, and that was just it. And okay. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. And no, I mean, it's fair because even with me right now, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do want a partner, but I'm, I was talking to one of my best friends about where I'm at in terms of relationships. And just because of what I was with through with my ex and having so many expectations on our relationship, well, situationship or what I thought was a relationship or going to be a relationship and living in this like limbo land of hope and you know Mm -hmm. expectation one day he's going to want to be with me obviously this is going somewhere obviously he wants to be with me why else would he be spending all this time with me we have a history yada 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 so when they kind of when it blew up and everything I mean and then I had this little rendezvous with a guy I met in France that blew up 
Um, but he was very like emotionally available and pursued me and all that stuff, which was really great because I hadn't had that for a while. But now, and anyway, long story short, I said to him, I was like, I'm in a place where I don't, ha- I don't want to have expectations. Like I have what I want to have, but if I don't have that today or next month or in six months, I'm okay. Like if I meet somebody like that guy you said, for example, and we get along great and we have amazing hot sex, I, I, I think that's where I want to be. Like, I mean, if I meet someone else who, who wants to rock my world in another way, fine. But I'm also at a place where I'm like, I don't want to have expectations because I had so many expectations on my ex that I don't want to have expectations right now. I, that probably will change, but where I'm at right now, I'm like, I don't, I don't, because it was too much for me, like hinging my hopes on I, one person. I, I, I need to write down my, on my how I got to say that you said expectations. I, I, so I have one, one thing I want to note. I was still dating like a banshee yeah. when I had my friends with it. He was not slowing me down. Right. And so if someone really wants to find, is serious about finding their forever person uh, or forever until it works out person, uh, if you have a friends with benefits, make sure that it's not confusing and it's it should be fun. Right. And we, I could go into with it, but I won't hear like some like maybe parameters to put around yeah. it that, that are help. But like, if you're not dating and, w- and waiting for him to call you and ask you out on a Saturday night, I don't think that's friends with benefits. And if your real goal is to find someone that wants to be in a committed relationship with you, yeah, don't do it. But I was still like dating, 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 mm-hmm. dating, dating. Right. And with you, with the expectations, I think that's an interesting, we can go at this a couple different ways, but I think part of it is like. I think we can have an amazing life forever single. Like, I think like that, like if Greg dies, I am going to be living, I'll be super sad, but I'll be living an amazing life and choose to find another partner or not. But like my life is going to be amazing whether he's in it or not in it. And I think that is like the personal goal for all of us to create an amazing life, no matter who comes in out of it. And like you mentioned it and I would say the same way, like kind of like they're the frosting on the cake or the cake they're the the cherry on top of our Sunday, but we're the Sunday. But I would say like with you, like I would just say like with the expectations, it's like you can have some expectations. It's like, it's like not getting mad or angry, but like putting out there, like, this is what I want. I want a relationship. I want to look like this. I want to share my life like this. Does that sound good to you? No. Okay. And then maybe no. Okay. And, but, we have fun together. Maybe we'll have sex or yeah. hang out each other once a month or twice a month or whatever it is. I think expectations can sometimes be a, a tricky word. Like it's, it's what do you want? Right. What do you want? What shared values do you want to have with them? What type of commitment do you want? What like agreements do you want to have with them? Right. And that, you mentioned it like talking to that person at the bar that you didn't even go on a date with that adds a fun element of life. Right. When you go into an elevator and share a joke with some person on the elevator that adds to life. Yeah. Not every relationship, some relationships last seconds, some last minutes, yeah. some last a couple hours at a bar. And that just all adds to our life. Right. And so you can have like, the and you and like it's so funny we're talking sexual you can have a platonic amazing relationship with a female with a male with anybody but um and i think 
it's like being unapologetic. You're using the word expectation, so I'm going to use that word. Unapologetic about the expectations that you have for your long-term partner. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think, okay, so what you touched on something that I think is probably part of what I mean. I think it's me being open to different types of relationships and not being so like, I thought with my ex, it was like, he's the one, like, even if he Mm -hmm. wasn't, we weren't in a committed relationship, he, in my heart, he was the one for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of always had dated in that capacity. Like even when I was hooking up with guys and I was like, but we're going to date. Like it was never, like, it was always like, it had to lead somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like every time we, mm-hmm. I was, every kind of interaction I had with a man, it was like, well, this has to go somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and I think part of it is, yeah, my need to have a relationship. Sure. That's one of my, my desires. Uh, but also, I don't know, maybe a conditioning of mine to think, well, it has to go somewhere. Societal programming, yeah, yeah. Uh, religion, like, <laughs> like stuff yeah, like. yeah. So I think now, I mean, I'm 40, so I mean, I'm sure other people figured yeah. it out by now, but that's fair. We're all on our own journey. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> but for me, I'm like, okay, Brianne, like, it doesn't, like, it's okay. Like, if, if something lasts a month, as you said, or a week yeah. or whatever, that's that's a that's a moment in time that is beautiful and fun and and maybe passionate and hot or not. Yeah, but it's something that I can still have fun with and be grateful that I had this experience rather than being like, it has to go somewhere. Like, where is this going? (laughs) Totally. Uh, And like somebody like I have clients that are like, okay, I want to be married and on to having a baby in a year and a half. And so when they go on a date, they're just like, that's what I want. If you want it, you don't want it. Okay, bye. Like it depends on. And, and again, there's no good or bad. There's no right or right. wrong. All the things. It's like, they're like, no, this is my goal. And this is going to distract me from my right. goal. So no. But for you, you're like, I want life experiences. I want a partner, but I'm not in like a super rush for it. You know, like, I think it's different for women that want to have babies. And like some people can do it on, anybody could do it on their own too. Yeah. But I think there's some different pressures on that too. But uh I love it. Like I like I had so much fun kissing guys on bar stools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like made out with some really nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had fun. Uh and they lasted one, two, three dates, who knows, you know, but uh still fun pieces of my story. I think it's like kind of what you said. It's 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 I would like it's living the life in the moment, living the life that we have now, loving the life we have now and wanting something different and to evolve it into something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you said, everyone has their own vision and goals. And so whoever is listening to this podcast maybe is like, well, I'm single, but I really do want to get married or I really do want to have kids or maybe they have kids already and they want a a step parent or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that's fair. And then maybe there's people like me who I feel in some ways, I mean, maybe this is me turning 40 where I just feel a little bit more liberated. I don't know. I feel like I got a cat was in a cage and I'm out of the cage now. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. We all need that feeling. Yay. So I so I mean, that's where I'm at. I mean, I I don't really my plan for families and stuff is just like whatever the universe wants to happen will happen. Like I don't like I'm not like I gotta find sperm. Like that's not where I'm at in my life. 
but and I chose on purpose when I went into dating at 40 I had had a boyfriend before that that didn't want children and I chose not to have children I feel like that was one of the great lessons out of that relationship so for me I think there was less pressure too because I I wasn't like thinking like uh, about having children right yeah so there was some less just less pressure or freedom on me for that now I think we can adopt we can I have I have friends that have had them on their own had sperm donors had adopted embryos like the whole gamut um but just like as far as like body pressures that does relieve some of the there is some truth to if you want them naturally right yeah and and that's and that's just what it is so i mean Mm -hmm. for people who are my age that's reality and 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 you have to date accordingly to what you want for yourself um Mm -hmm. but i think you know, what I'm hearing though, whether it's you want friends with benefits or a relationship or a partnership, it's like knowing what you want yes. is a key and building like the parameters around that to support yeah. that vision or whatever. And it's interesting. I think a lot of like the dating coaching and dating advice is like how to get them to text you back, how to get them to like you, how to get them to do this. And I think that 80% of our energy should be on our relationship with ourselves, having the best life we want right now and still wanting more and different in the future and to evolve and grow, but really like being in the present and like loving it now. Our relationship with ourselves should be 80% of our attention what we think about them should be like 15%. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and what we think about them is how they're treating us. So we're kind of evaluating with that. And then what they think of us is like 5%. Right. Right. Cause we can't control them. They could tell us one thing. We won't know like all the things, but like if we're really grounded and enjoying our lives, having our best lives and seeing like, do they make me more of who I am? Mm. Do they expand my life? When I'm sitting at the bar alone eating dinner and they're like, Oh, I just got off work. I'm going to come meet you. Are you elated? Are you excited? If you're with your friends and they're like, Oh, I can join you. Are you excited? That was my thing. I'm like, I want somebody who's one of my favorite people on this Mm -hmm. earth. And I'm always excited when they come to join. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember you said that in the last conversation, and that's and that yeah. did stick with me, because it's true. Why else are we? Why else mm-hmm. do you want this person to be in your life? Yeah, and I think we we kind of are on the topic of like friends with benefits, or just like you know that person that comes to life, like the the moments. I would say like one criteria to check in with yourself is like, is this fun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, is this give me energy, or does it like? sap it a little bit right yeah yeah well I can I think that applies to even just people that you're dating like are you or friends with or or family or who everybody right really I mean everybody that you come into contact with basically (laughs) but it's true like are you having fun with this person like as you said like do they make you feel your best self do they they do they Mm -hmm. do they bring out qualities about your like do you feel good around them you know, and yeah. so whether you are in a friends with benefit relationship or actually just, you know, dating someone, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like you, are they bringing you down? Is it too drama? You know, you don't need that. And do you feel good about kind of the connection when you're not with them is too? Mm-hmm. Is it good when you're with them, but then it's like drama or 
confused or stressful or draining when you're not with them? Like you're not hearing from them. They're sporadic. They don't like. Yeah. That's what I had with my ex. That was, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And there's so many articles though. And I've written, I've written them. (laughs) (laughs) I've written so many articles and I've written for advising other people that I didn't take my own advice. That's that's human. Exactly. Well, that's the basis of my book proposal was I was like, (laughs) what is it? It's like all this dating advice. And then I do the exact opposite of what I've told people to do. So, yeah. So human. Yeah. Bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your lips to God's ears, because like, yeah, I'd be yeah, I'd be wonderful. But yeah, but that's basically what it is, right? It's just like I've written so many articles of like if the guy doesn't text you or he's being inconsistent or he's being hot and cold, you know, like he's not your person, or don't give him any time, like leave him alone. Just, you know, like who cares about this guy? And yet every like I've been like, oh, he's not texting me, it's giving me anxiety. Uh well, my ex, for example, what really was the the stick that or the the stick that broke the camel's back or whatever anyway whatever the saying is mm-hmm. I had texted him in France and it was about a cup of coffee because I don't usually drink caffeinated coffee but in France I was like oh I'm France of course I'm gonna have some coffee so I texted him a picture of this cup of coffee that I had and then for I was still in France two weeks later so I was in France I didn't hear from him two weeks later I come back to Vancouver then he responds to me about the cup of coffee. He's like, how was the coffee? I was like, I didn't even know how to respond. <laughs> because I was like, well, the coffee's done. Like, it's in the sewage system in Paris. Like, I mean, it's gone. Like, I don't, like, what? Um, but it was it was literally the text that helped me wake up and smell the coffee. Because I was like, I, I can't, I don't know how to even talk to you. <laughs> You're like, how was the ER? Because you must have been in there yeah. to take this long. Yeah, about a cup of, about a, a simple cup of coffee. It was just a random, fun little text you send to somebody, you know, whatever, uh, not heavy handed. It, it, it could have just been like, oh, good for you. I don't know. He could have said something, anything. Um, but yeah, so for, so that was it. And so I know I've been there. If women have been in, in my shoes, I've been there because like, it, you know, you're just, you're excited to text someone and then they just don't text you back or they do two weeks later with the lamest text ever. So. And it's, it's like, and I have to tell you, my husband is a really bad texter, but he, he's consistent enough, but like that is not his, like he loses his phone. It's, it's not plugged in all the things. So, and I thought all I wanted was like a really good texture that would text me all the time and it's kind of peaceful, not, but like you want somebody who is there with you is, is, is like two weeks is too, too, too long. Look, I don't need someone blowing up my phone. I don't. And Mm -hmm. that's not what I required even from him. I, I, or from any guy for that matter. I I don't want someone whose world revolves around me. I, that's too, I need someone who's independent, who's secure, whatever. I think what it is, is the, uh, what everybody wants to be acknowledged to be mm-hmm. seen. It's a bid for connection. So I'm, I'm a priority. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm obviously texting you because I'm thinking about you. So you're obviously important mm-hmm. to me. So what is that saying about me, about you when you're not responding to me within two weeks, mm-hmm. obviously you're not considering me the same way I'm considering you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like I need, as I said, I need someone who's constantly like, Oh my God, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, like sending me paragraphs mm-hmm. back. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. that. But if someone's reaching out, yeah, 
I want to be acknowledged. I want to be seen. I want somebody to be excited that I texted them when I was in Paris, you know? Yeah. And I think everyone, everyone who's listening to this podcast, every single person, like you, that's what you deserve to have. It's the bare minimum, <laughs> like bare minimum. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Bare minimum treatment. <laughs> and it's like, we get like, I think it's interesting. So like I mentioned, I have this, like, I'll take clients to the high five relationship. And like the thumb is like, do you have fun together? Do you like to be along together? Pointer finger is like kind of like, are they blaming me? Do they take responsibility for their lives? All that things. Middle finger, sex. Ring finger is like, do they want the same things as you? Do you both want kids or how the relationship? And then pinky is kind of like pinky square, trust, respect, and stuff like that. And I think it's such a good thing to think about because when we're confused or relationships aren't feeling good, we usually have a tendency to overlook one of those fingers, mm -hmm. one of those parts on a consistent basis. And for me, it was the like commitment. If they want the same thing as me, like I'm like, Oh, we have fun together. We have hot sex. Like they're cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's like the trust and wanting the same like long-term relationship. I would think like, Oh, and again, it's a worthy thing. Like, Oh, if I tap dance, like, of course they're going to love mm. I'm that metaphorically tap dance. Like they get to see the awesome Stacy and how fun I am and how cool I am. Of course they're going to fall in love with me and want to be with me. And that three month relationship I had where I was like, you know, tippity tappity <laughs> <laughs> and he still wasn't buying. Uh, that was my lesson on like, Oh, some people just don't want this. Mm. Some people just want different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to find my person faster, the faster I let go of those people. So when you met your husband, where were you in your life as a single woman? Like how were you like having fun, doing your thing? Yes. I, um, yeah, I was 44. I own my own home in San Francisco. I've ha had a career for over a decade, you know, like the, I, uh, good friends, travel, good family. Like I had a really, really nice life. And with all of that, I still had that little whisper in my ear, like, Oh, you must be some type of special fucked up and unworthy because you haven't figured out this piece yet because I wanted it. And I definitely had those thoughts, but I was living a grand, great life. Mm. And then, and like, as you said, I think in my early forties got really good at like enjoying my alone time in my thirties, my early thirties, like I worked from home before everybody for the COVID for 20 years, I've worked from home, but like in my forties or excuse me, in my thirties, I'd be like, Oh, it's a Saturday and I don't have plans. And that would like wreak havoc on my head. Like, where are my friends? I'm alone. Mm. Duh, 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 duh. Tuesday that would happen. It wouldn't matter to right. me. In my early 40s, like the shift was I, I really like, oh, it's a Saturday and I have nothing to do. I love it. I'm going to sleep in and pitter patter around my house and get things done and maybe like go to the park with or the beach with my dog. And like I loved it. And so I would say in the big shift from my 30s to my 40s was really just like loving my time alone, yeah. loving my time. Before that, I'd be like, 
needing that outside source of distraction, I think more than in my forties. So uh, were you at peace, like maybe never finding somebody like, I mean, that's always a possibility, I guess. Yes. And okay. No. Yeah. They were both. Yeah. It was like, I think it was both. Like, I think I had like a hundred percent doubt and a hundred percent certainty. It was like, if it takes me till the eighties, I'm 86, I'm going to figure this mm-hmm. out and I'm definitely going to find it, figure this out. And then like the little <laughs> thoughts would be like, you're never going to figure this out. <laughs> there is something wrong with you. Yeah. You are too much. Mm-hmm. You are too fat. You are too outspoken. Yeah. You know, definitely had those voices. Um, yeah, just definitely like had the doubt, had the voices. Like we, we all have that critic in our head. And, it's, and, and I had the critic like of like, San Francisco sucks for dating. You're never, everybody here is Peter Pan's and nobody wants to come in here. Like, and I would just have to like, you know, cover my ears, which probably would like, but like, and rock and be like, okay, I'm not going to believe this. I'm not going to believe this. I'm going to keep going, keep going. Yeah. So how did you like quiet those, those, those things that you were thinking about yourself? Like, how did you just keep going? I think it's interesting. Like, I think the hardest thing about dating and the number one thing, all the skill is, is like knowing that doubt is going to be there. It's going to creep in. It's part of being a human. Whenever you're going after a new goal, something you haven't done before, something you don't have hundred percent certainty about. So like not making that wrong about you. And that's coach Stacy talking. Like I don't, that wasn't what I was thinking now, but like, that's, I think one of the number one things for my clients to know, or people know that are dating, like having tons of doubt is human and is a part of the journey. Um, I think, ask me the question one more time. I think my brain just clicked. Uh, I want to make sure I stand. Like, how did quiet I? Quiet those, like the inner critic. Okay. Yeah. The doubts, the thoughts that you had about yourself. It's it's hard for me right now to separate like how I would coach somebody mm-hmm. and what was going on then. Because then it was like, I just think I had a really messy brain. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think for me, I think some of the anxiety drove my action, which was lucky. Mm-hmm. But, um, and some people like, and I think now in my business, sometimes when I get anxiety, I hide. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people hide from dating. Like we just don't date because the anxiety. And luckily when I was dating, my anxiety drove the action. Um, I leaned on friends. I, um, Yeah. I just kept going. There was some part of like, I think the, I'm going to figure this out. I mean, and I remember, I really, really said that if it takes me till I'm 86, I'm going to do it. So it's like, I am 42. I got time (laughs) 46 more years to figure this out. And, but there was also, there was pressure in my head too. So how did I quiet? I think I have to tell you, the truth is I don't think I quieted him. I think I just took action in spite That's of good. him. Well, I'm, I don't think I knew how to quiet him yeah. then. I think I would know how to quiet them now. Yeah. But like, so it's hard for me to like, I'm going, my, my coach brain's going, yeah. at like, I don't know how to coach somebody, but I'm like, I'm like, I think I had a jumbled up, messy, uh, super messy brain with 
tons of thoughts and tons of them weren't serving me. And mm-hmm. I was like going through the sludge and moving forward anyway. Well, I mean, Stacy, but like that, that's so relatable though. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. yes, obviously in a best case scenario, people hire someone like you to help them, but yeah. in a real life situation, I mean, and then, and you yeah. found your guy, you're married for eight years. So yeah. I mean, yeah. for you to still have those, like that messy brain, which I think a lot of people I still have resonate it. <laughs> with, but right. And then, but I'm still human. Exactly. A hundred percent. And so for you to just be like, I just fucking kept going. I think that's the best thing though, to do for anxiety though, is yeah. to really put it into action. I think that's how you, you diminish anxiety. I think is through actually like, doing. let it yeah. be there let it be there and do it anyways. I mean, at the end of the day, if like, if, if finding a partner is what someone wants to do, I mean, you are your own worst enemy. So if that's what you want to do, then do it. I, you know, like, I mean, you can't force someone to be with you, but like, you can't play the game if you don't play. So you might as well just keep playing. Yeah. I love to play the lotto. I'm like, you got to play to win. So, <laughs> and that's way worse odds than the apps. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think that's, well, I think that's, that's just good information to have because I think everyone has dating anxiety. Everybody does. Everybody does. And like, even the person, like you think that like, who's the perfect person? They have the perfect look subjectively to like the, the world or objective, like, like they like all the things, like someone who has all the things, the money, the personality, when you meet your person, it's still nervous. Yeah, You're still nervous. Like, and, and there's nobody on this earth that doesn't have a human brain that doesn't beat them up on a regular basis. And it's, and it's like, we cannot, the other thing is like, I think this is a good for like, we cannot control, we have 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day. So much are on repeat. Um, we have no control over them. We have control over which ones we feed, which one we give attention to, which ones we choose to believe in all this different stuff. So I think that is part of it. Um, like, I think when we first talked about talking on this, we were like, how do we live our best life and and want to find our partner like like people waiting to date people not waiting to date I would say waiting to date like I think a lot of people put off dating even they want to meet somebody because of their weight Mm -hmm. literally or once they're here then I'll date and I think that's how they like kind of stall their lives um and I love your podcast because it's so much about just like enjoying your life now. Like we do not need a partner to have it. Like we do not need. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need someone to come into our lives in order for us to start like enjoying them. Right. And I think I was pretty freaking good at that. Like I, this is the interesting thing. When I was dating coaching, I thought that everybody that was single my age, mm. the reason they were single is because they had a ton of friends. Mm. And like, I've met some people that don't have the friends that are like maybe super business women. That's what happened to them. Yeah. You know, like that's they're contrary in their business or whatever it is. But like, literally in my head, I thought everybody was kind of enjoying their lives and that's why they were single. And then they forgot to concentrate on yeah. like, yeah, priority the, on part, the partner someone. yeah yeah I mean uh, yeah we it's so true we just don't know why we, we create all sorts of narratives and stories about 
people. It's like this whole comparison game. But yeah, back to what you were saying yeah. about the waiting thing. Yeah, we when we were initially talking about you coming onto the yeah. show, it was because like the whole premise of my show is to not uh, put off your life in anticipation of a partner. Like, don't wait to yeah. take the move. Don't wait to to take the trip. Don't wait yeah. to do things like because you don't want to do that without a partner. Yeah. And. And I had already, like, I had already been like a super traveler. And I, luckily my mom is a super traveler. So I've traveled with tons with her. I traveled with my friends. I think what I like, honestly, and like, sadly, I was like, I definitely was just like, there must be something wrong with me, like worthiness about that. I haven't figured this out yet. There was definitely that story in my head. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will. I think we all can relate to that. I mean, I know I I do. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, obviously, our own kind of backgrounds, but also societal conditioning. I think single women, although we live the longest, and we apparently have the happiest lives, according to data, single women, but 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 we don't feel that way. We're not we're not we're yeah. still like pariahs. We're still meant to feel like yeah. we're different. There's something wrong with us. And, and there is dating advice. Or, and I, I hope I say this clearly, like you need to love your life. And then because you love your <laughs> life, your person will come into it. So the reason to love your life is to get this yeah. person. The reason the reason to love your life is to love your life because you're worthy of having this amazing life and kick-ass life. But there is like, and I think there's some undercurrents, and I have to like, I probably need to check myself and like I'm conscious of it. Like I used to say find your person rather than find love because love's inside of you. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. You can have love all over the place. Like you're not finding love, you're finding this person that you want to share life with. So I'm careful about how I say that. But also it's like, yeah, like it's just, there's, there is, there is so much like messed up messaging out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so true. I, th- I, I'm glad you brought that up because there is a lot of messaging about like, if you just live your best life, then you'll meet someone. So it still hinges upon you meeting someone. It's still, yeah. it still hinges upon that your life is unfulfilled without someone else in it. And, and that's not right. Like, I mean, look, I'm not to say that I don't want to partner or share my life or, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, like we, we only have each other. People can die. People can divorce people. Like you just, yeah. what are you going to do? Like your whole happiness is going to hinge on one person being in a relationship with you. It can't. You're in, you're in your relationship with you forever. So you, yeah. you, you are your one. Yeah. You are your the only person to be with you for cradle to grave is you. You are your person. You are the one for you. Yeah. Uh, and it's okay to want a partner and it's okay to go after it. And it's okay to go after any dream. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and savor the present too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I have thought about that even with me right now with my life where I think I wasn't savoring being single because I was still, again, with the expectations with this ex and being like, okay, well, we're, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. Like all these like visions and fantasies that I had in my mind. And I don't think I ever really took the time to be like, look at what I've created. Like I have my own place. I have my own apartment. I have my own friends. I travel by myself. I have a career that I like to do. I'm, I have endeavors. I have a cat. <laughs> like, like I have things in my life that I've created 
And this Mm -hmm. is something that I should enjoy and enjoy it without the presence of someone else and then not missing someone else from it. That's the whole thing. It was like, Oh, what is if like I'm putting up my Christmas tree next week? I'm like, I'm going to put it up by myself. Like I'm not going to miss someone not being there to put it up with me. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. Like you, I can still savor my life right now because Mm -hmm. who's to say in a year's time, you know, it'll be different. And then I'll be like, damn, I was single and I didn't even savor it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to savor putting it up and be like, and I want to put this up with someone someday. Right. But I just, for if, me, I don't. You can, you can have dual, you can have dual, dual, like. Fair. You know, I fair. I just okay. think I don't want to always be in that space. And I don't think, and I Got don't it. think that's fair for everyone to be in that space either. Yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. You know, like, I think you can still want a partner, but to always be in that space to be like, I wish someone was here. I wish someone was here. You're never, you're never here there. You're never here then if you're always wishing someone was here with you. You know what I mean? You're not really present. You can't be if you're always wishing someone was with you. Totally. Totally. So I, I, again, I'm not negating dating or. We're both saying the same thing. Like, it's like, if those, I'm like, if those thoughts pop into your mind when you're doing that, like you're not a bad person or it's nothing's gone wrong. You can't control of your thoughts, but it's like, also like, okay, I hear you brain. I'm going to savor this moment right now because this is more important to me. It's almost like direct. We're saying the same thing in different ways. Okay, Stacy. Before I go, okay, what are you go? Because I, <laughs> I'll leave. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna leave. I'm gonna end the <laughs> You're ending this date. Um. So what? What last kind of piece of advice um, would you give someone who's who's single right now, dating? Like, what what really would what really helps you, or what would you want to share with someone just trying to find someone? I, I, my, but the thoughts that are coming to my head right now is like, one, relationships aren't a cure-all. Like, I know for me, and I might have said this when we talked last time, like, I thought I would, if once I found my relationship, my dream, <laughs> and this happened to me, my boyfriend before my husband, I was like, I thought I would drink less and eat less and spend less and be happier and all these different things. I'm like, no, I'm still me. I'm just in this relationship with this person. So, the whole, like what we're saying right now, to have that relationship with yourself, to enjoy your own time, to like enjoy your own company, because it's like, there is going to be you, them, and the we, but there's still you. And like 80% of your relationship with them is going to be your relationship with yourself. So the best thing you can do is enjoy your own company, like enjoy your own life. And that will add to like that's the best gift you can give your future partner yeah and uh if everybody that was married or in a relationship an awesome relationship if that equated like happiness and all the good things there'd be no marriage counselors there'd be no marriage coaches there would be no divorce and all that like that doesn't solve it like i think sometimes when we're single we're like oh that's, that's, that's gonna, that's, that's the like magic salve mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's gonna make my life all creamy. Like, no, like it's, it's the more we can enjoy our lives. It's just like, do it for the sake of having a kick-ass life that you love and rock it. And, uh, n- it will make your relationship that much better. Mm. And I, this is, I'm going to end it on this. I say this. And one time I said it in the kitchen and a friend was there and my husband was like, <laughs> I was like, 
I want to be able to leave my relationship any day. Mm. I want to, like, I have a career and this is not for everybody, but like, I want to be able to say like, bye-bye. And my husband's like, I would never say that. That's terrible. I would never think that. And I was just like, I want it to be a choice every day to be with you, not a necessity. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that is not for everybody. Like, but like that is one of the way I think of like, I want to be able to be like, I can pack up my bags at any minute and be like, bye-bye. And I'm going to go have a fabulous life. So you're either adding to it or you're not in it, buddy. And not that we're going to get through rough times and things are perfect. Like we get through rough times and stuff like that. And we've had our own things. But uh, I think that is another way of like thinking about having a kick-ass life because having that certainty or that confidence that, if this person leaves, if they die, if they get sick, if they cheat on you, whatever the things uh, that you are going to survive and thrive without them because you already know how. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, I have a, a rapid fire quiz though. Just to, just to, Oh, okay. Do it. Just to have like a one little, <laughs> one little send off. Okay. I'm scared. Right. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, what was the, your favorite thing that you did while you were single? I just think my friendships, I just think I have, I am, I curated and curated because I let some go and I got let go by some amazing love fest friendships. I like, I am so proud of the female friendships I have. And I'm glad you mentioned the fact of like friends coming and going, because I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other topic of discussion, but it's also Mm -hmm. really important because uh, Mm -hmm. it happens and it's life and people shouldn't feel bad about it because it happens to to Mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. When I'm coaching, like sometimes I have, I have clients in their thirties and I'm watching them and I don't lead them, but I'm, uh, but I'll be like, Oh, I really curated some of my friends in my thirties. It's like some of them, like we were in the same friends groups, but we weren't really like empowering each other. We weren't really like a love fest. We weren't Mm -hmm. really a, yeah. What is the one thing that you take the most seriously in your life? Ooh, fun. Ah! (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Very serious about it. I like that. I I love that answer. Okay, what is your favorite, like, single woman, maybe an empowerment woman movie? Ooh, I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. My brain doesn't work that way. Like, I'm ADD. My brain can't work that fast. But let me think. Oh, my my brain cannot go there that fast. Okay, well, this is the next question. It's going to be the same kind of thing. Ah, Um, Like, a single girl, like, women's boss bad, bad I'm gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna write these down and I'm gonna have them at least in the show notes for you so girl empowerment movie you know I think any girl you know I think when you watch any type of documentary and someone who's like made it and like all the things they went through to get there like you know you see these famous people like I just watch supermodels and you watch them and the, all the mm-hmm. shit they went through and like anything on like, like I say, Beyonce, whatever, like they worked really hard and it wasn't easy and stuff like that. Like, it's not like, Oh, one day I woke up and I got right. all this. Like, I think any type of documentary on, on somebody who's like made it that far, anything like that is so empowering. Cause everybody has like, it was really hard and I had all this doubt and I did it yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I actually want to watch the supermodels one. Cause I love, it's good. I love those girls, those women there. Yeah. It's good. You know what I just watched last night too, which I'm like, I'm so not like 
was surprising, but Sly. Oh, okay, okay. Because he was just like, he did so much. And like, he's like, I just felt so insecure. And he just kept creating, kept creating. I think that's another great lesson. I'm going to say that. Like, they did these studies with like photographers. They're like, one group had to like pick their best picture. And one just had to take a ton of pictures. And they did it with like, what is it, clay when you make bowls Mm -hmm. and stuff like that too. And in both studies, the people that just did a ton of volume had better results because like when you're trying to get the relationship perfect and you're staying out of dating until you figure out all your trauma and all your shit, it's like, just go do the thing and you will figure it out doing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's actually really, that's good advice. It's true. It's true. Okay. The next one, I don't know. We'll see the Uh best single girl, like bad bitch energy song. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I, you know, uh, uh, let's get it on the phone. The family, uh, I don't need no haters. <laughs> what song is it? Trying to love everybody. I love that song. That would be one of my. <laughs> Mary J. Oh, Blige. Okay, Mary J. Blige. Okay. Like, I can't even, like, that's how my brain works. I can't even think of the name. Okay. Of the okay. All right. I'll like Shazam the lyrics. Let's get it on the floor in this Oh, Family Fair. Yeah, Family Fair. Family Fair. Yeah, that's the one. Like, just like, you know what? You're going to have some haters dating. You're going to have friends. You go do your shit no matter what. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good throwback. Uh, <laughs> Thank God my brain took me there. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love that. I love Mary J. Blige. Okay. My last question is, okay. What okay. is your, like your greatest wish for single women? What's your greatest wish for them? I I just think it's like, oh, it's not just one. It's like, don't make it wrong that you're not in a relationship. Don't make it wrong that you have the doubt go after the dream. It is who you become getting through everything it takes to meet your person. That is the biggest gift, not the person. Mm -hmm. The biggest gift right now for me is who I became meeting Greg. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Greg. He's, he's Mm -hmm. my love, but like he can be taken away from me who I became. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, Stacy, thank you for being here and talking with me. I love you so much. Like to every, like I'm like if I play this podcast or bits of it on my podcast, go listen to your podcast. It is so good. Like I literally was, I mean, like laughing out loud, tearing up. Like you have such a gift, and I appreciate it because I started podcasting, and it's so hard to talk in my own voice. But like you have such an ability to just like really speak in your voice and be so relatable and so vulnerable. And like, I love your podcast. Oh, oh thank you so much. I, I really thank do. You. Thank you. Then I, thank you so much. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Thank you. you I'm going to take, take it. it. I take <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> Stacy, where can people connect with you and um, maybe possibly work with you? I have a podcast, Stop Hating Dating and Find Your Person. <laughs> uh, I am on Instagram at Stacy Perry uh, Coaching.com. I have a website which uh, I go on Instagram. I would go on Instagram and listen to my okay. podcast. Okay. Okay. And message me if they want any topics or anything like that. And if anybody wants to do like a free, fun consult to kind of explore uh, dating coaching, uh, they can have a free consult. Oh, with cool. Me. Okay, great. Yeah. 
I think that's a great offer. Stacy's obviously, as you can tell, yeah. very easy to talk yeah. to. So yeah. Yes. And coaching feels like this. I'm not- okay. Great. <laughs> so we, you just had like a live version of what it means to yeah. be coached by Stacy. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Stacy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's been an honor. If you seriously loved what you heard today, I would seriously appreciate a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help the show grow. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, or if you're single and would like to apply to be a guest, please email seriouslysinglepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter, briannehogan.substack.com, where you can get all the latest updates and essays and writings about relationships and being single, as well as listen to an extended version of the podcast where me and a guest will answer your questions. Plus, there's just like a lot of cool stuff on my Substack. Like if you think I'm super vulnerable and open on the podcast, well, you haven't read one of my essays yet. So thanks for being here and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Seriously Single.